It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team, team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. Uh, we're laughing because of Zoom. It's a good time. Good time to be alive. Um, today, I have Coach Banstra with me. I got to meet Coach Banstra. We are regulars on Coach Sheffer's Armchair Coaching Podcast. Coach Banstra has abused me a few times, but it's okay. We still brought him on. Uh, it's always fun on those shows to talk back and forth to each other. Shout out to Coach Bennett for showing up last night to the Alabama one whenever this gets released. So, Coach Banstra, if you want to introduce yourself to the six people that listen. Uh, my name is Nick Banstra. I am the uh, special teams coordinator and wide receivers coach at uh, Fairborn High School here in, uh, just outside Dayton, Ohio. Um, this is my – crap. Tenth uh, year coaching, I think. I've, I've done about everything at this point. D.C., special teams coordinator. I've coached about every position on the field officially except for quarterbacks. Um, I've been a – Freshman head coach, freshman offense coordinator, um, 
I also run a YouTube channel. Uh, you can find it looking up Coach Banstra or a Nick or Nicholas Banstra. Uh, I got over 200, 250 videos on there at this point, mostly coaching clinics or interviews with high school, college, NFL coaches. Um, lately, I've been because we're so, I mean, we're in season, even though we're off this week and next week um, at the time of this recording. I've uh, been putting up some old double wing film, school I met prior, a very good season we had, um, a lot of good memories there. Um, and then you can also find me on Twitter, at Coach Banster. That's probably literally the easiest way to get home. You just DM me there. I usually respond to about anybody. You follow me and your coach, uh, I usually follow back immediately. Yeah, guys, go check out his YouTube channel. It's it's good stuff. I went out and checked it out when I first met him. It's good stuff. Um, so the first question I've asked every single coach that's been on here uh, is I'm always curious how people get into coaching uh, because it's a crazy world. Um, it's to be addictive. We get gray hairs. We lose our hair. Uh, I've wanted to do this since I was 16. Like, that's my short story. So how did you get into coaching? Was it from playing? Was it from a coach? Was it from a role model? Because you're bored? I don't know. It, it was a combination of factors, and this is kind of just a bad story just in general. Um uh, I was hitting on an attractive female at the time. Um, I was 16 years old. Um, and, well, we, A, we never dated. That's A. Um, B, she, before, I mean, she, she was a lot smarter than I was. Um, but she asked me what, cause what I wanted to do in life. And I had no idea of the point. And I actually, I actually sat down and thought about it. I've never done two things. Like, I love graphic design. I love messing with computers. But I also loved football. So it was pa passion all my life. Um, I was not very good. I will never say I was very good. Um, and that kind of started that process. Um, I got, was very fortunate, 19 years old, to get hired by J.R. Wade at Granville uh, to help coach middle school football for two years and help his varsity program on Friday nights. Um, and then it kind of just moved from there. I've, kinda, I've bounced around um, at several different spots. Um, I was very fortunate in high school to have a lot of good teachers and coaches who've kind of helped me along the way. And it's kind of just grown from there. Um, you're not the only one to tell me they started with middle school football. So how did it start with middle school help you with high school? I've never done it. I've always been varsity, actually. I've never been JV varsity. It's never been anything it, else. It teaches – well – I did eighth grade. Eighth grade, I'll say that seventh and eighth grade are just two different animals. That's just, that's just a fact. Like seventh grade is the wild, wild west. I mean, it's just survive. Um, eighth grade is, I mean, that little bit of transition time, uh, you see a big growth in behavior and physical development. Um, for me, it, it, it taught me a lot of the basics, which I didn't understand because when you're 19, 20 years old, you don't know what the hell you're talking about. You have no idea. Um, that also teaches you patience, and especially if you're with a good group. And I had a good head coach I worked a good eighth grade head coach I worked with for two years, uh, Joe Dowling. Um, he, he worked with me a lot and taught me a lot and patience. And it, you have to build relationships at that level. I mean, and that's one another thing it teaches you. I mean, again, I was very fortunate. Also on Fridays, I still helped the varsity, helped them with pregame, recorded the games, was at every game was very involved. Um, but I mean, the main thing, it teaches you patience and teaches you how important a shrunken down fundamental playbook is, especially at the eighth, ninth and JV levels are. 
So we'll talk, we'll talk about Mike Leach's playbook like that in a second. Um, <laughs> uh, you need to correct me if I'm wrong. So you used to live in Texas, correct? Right. I think you said that. So you, did you coach football down there as well? No, I, I did not. That was from the gray, age of third grade to eighth grade. Gotcha. Um, it was – oh, sorry, correction. Fourth grade to eighth grade. We moved it in my third grade year. No. Um, and I, and I and had I stayed in Texas instead of come back to Ohio – um, I would have gone to one of the biggest school districts in the state. Like I, um, I, I went to two school districts while I was down there. I went to uh, Judson School District um, and New Braunfels School District, um, kind of split there, both uh, large Texas programs, both good, historically solid, uh, especially Judson. Uh, their, camp, their high school campus was huge. Um, stadiums, I mean – Everybody hears the stories of stadiums and see pictures of them, but you see them in person. I mean, they, their high school stadiums rival most small college stadiums, especially in different states. Like, I mean, they make D3 and D2 schools in our state look small in the state of Ohio. They just do. Um, I still have a lot of family down there. I, I, I mean, San Antonio is my favorite city on the planet. I will say that till the day I die. Yeah, I have a buddy who – GA at a different spots. Now he's at a middle school in Texas. I can't remember where. I think it's by Dallas. I can't remember. Uh, we went to Eastern Illinois and he goes, our high school that we feed into is twice the size of that stadium. Eastern Illinois is tiny. He goes, this puts everything to shame. <laughs> and uh, he wants me to go down there because he's like, I make $70,000 a year coaching middle school football and teaching. <laughs> he coaches track football and he's PE teacher. Uh so he's trying to get everybody to come to Texas. Uh, maybe one day. We'll see. That's good uh, money, though. I mean, it's good money, and <clears throat> I don't have to deal with snow. Or right. if they have snow, it's dusting. Oh, yeah. Like, Dallas gets a little bit more. But, I mean, you get south of Dallas. I mean, if, it's, if it snows, <laughs> it doesn't stay long, but it shuts down that part of the state. Like, I mean, in the six years I lived there, I lived at, like I said, in the area of San Antonio. Um, I did not have – I don't think I had one snow day, one day of actual snow that stuck to the ground. The thing you were actually more worried about was flash floods because we were t- – a lot of the area I was in, like, was in, like, a valley. And, like I said, if it, that flash flood, it hit hard. I got out of school one day because of it. Yeah, no, never mind. Maybe I don't want to go there now. <laughs> I'll pick somewhere else. Maybe I'll go to the Carolinas. Who knows? Uh, see, I lost my train of thought here. Um, so you say coach in Ohio. Uh, we'll just get right to it. So COVID changed the world pretty much. Um, we've all talked about it. In Ohio, you guys said you're, the state of Ohio is playing. Now, you don't have to get into why you guys are playing if you don't want to, but the state of Ohio is playing. So what changed for the summer? How did it get to the point of we're going to play? What, what was that process, and especially during the summer where we kind of didn't know what was going on? I mean, our, our summer was what I would term as a cluster. And it was – I mean, we got approved to start lifting in late May, early June. Um, it became a lot of – I mean, we, we had three different lifting sessions just to break up stuff. I mean – and I know schools in our state that had five or six, like just to paint on the size and how big their weight room was. Cause I mean, you started socially distance, you're limited on what you could do. Some districts weren't allowed in their weight rooms till July. 
this year, so they were doing stuff on field for almost a month. Um, tur, 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 uh, towards about mid-June, they approved some limited contact stuff, bag stuff, uh, stuff with helmets. Um, you, we pretty much got unlimited days. And, I mean, nobody used every day. You're, that was been insane. You burned out your kids. Um, we didn't even – I mean, we used maybe 10 football days. Um, so we'd lift, do a session outside, do another session of lifting. I mean, we broke it up. I mean, we kept a social distance as humanly possible. They had to bring their own water. We sprayed down everything multiple times a day and wiping stuff down. Um, so that's kind of how June and July went. We started two days not knowing whether we won't have a season still. We got approved for two days, but the governor had not said we can start playing football yet. Like actual competitively. I mean, it wasn't till like the second week of August where they finally said, yes, you can play. So, I mean, you're practicing for two, essentially two full weeks without, are we just essentially doing glorified spring practice or are we actually going to play? And um, so they made that announcement. I think end of that second week of August, first week of third week, beginning of the third week of August, uh, they eliminated all scrimmages um, for the most part. I mean, and that wasn't the elimination of scrimmage wasn't necessarily the governor. It was more the leagues. A lot of leagues canceled scrimmages. Um, like our league did not want to mess with people outside of our league. They wanted to try to contain, prevent, spread as much as humanly possible, which I get. Um, and so, I mean, we went into week one at the last week of August with no scrimmage with a lot of new players, and it kind of just went from there. I mean, um, we won our first two games, thankfully, start of the year. I mean, we're still doing a lot of the COVID. I mean, it isn't changing. We're wiping down spray and everything. We spray bags after practice. We spray down after each group in the weight room. Um, we have three different groups that to get in the locker room. You get about five to six minutes of change and get out. Like, I mean, it's every three lockers that that person comes in. So, I mean, it's, it, we, we do everything humanly possible to maintain socially distanced environment and clean. I mean, we bust our butts with it. I mean, we are on players about masks. We are on players about bringing their own water. I mean, our trainers have done a fantastic job at socially distancing in our training room and rehabbing kids as they get hurt and making sure water balls are labeled during the game so they can – so they don't get reused for other people. Um, so I commend them. We've had a lot of support from our administration. And pretty much if we needed something, our athletic director and our superintendent had done as much as humanly possible to get it. Um, they we've got shirts provided for us to wear under our uniforms that have masks built in so they can just pull those up while they're on the sideline. Um, in terms of on the sideline, we space out cones every six feet and stagger them. So, I mean, that's where you guys stand. If you're not in, you're there. Okay, we're not messing around. We've told a couple of kids who are don't necessarily want to follow the polls, like, you mess up again, you're not coming to our game. It, 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 that's just the way it's coming. Like, you, if you, you will just go on Saturdays. I don't care. Like, I'm not risking spread. Um, as I talked on the podcast last night with Coach Sheffer, uh, we had a bye week this week and next week. Um, stuff out of our control. Um, our week two opponent had a player test positive after playing us. Um, so we had to quarantine a portion of our roster. None of them have tested positive, but we have to make precautions. I mean, we don't want to spread. 
not only we don't want to spread our team, but we want to spread our school. Uh, we're not messing around with it. Um, it's unfortunate. It sucks, especially when this is the first time this school started 2-0 in probably almost 10, 10 years. Um, so we're making precautions. We'll be back in two weeks ready to go. Um, like I said, we get, I mean, it is what it is. I don't like it. I don't like that. And I'm going to try – I word this as politically nice as I have to for certain reasons. Um, I just wish people followed policies a little bit better because I know how hard that our head coach has emphasized it, and I know how hard not only myself but the rest of our staff has done at following the procedures that the state and our coaches association have given us. We, we probably go above and beyond. We're probably one of the cleanest – schools in our area, if not the state. And I, I will argue with that anybody in terms of how, how we rotate players in and out and then how much we spray down, wipe down, and are just precautious about mass. And it, it's, it's a shame for our, that our players, especially these seniors, lose two weeks because they have worked their butt off since coming back in late May, early June um, to get to where they are. And it's a travesty. It is what it is. But my focus is two weeks from now, us to beat Stevens. Uh, yeah, uh, I was thinking while you were talking, it's amazing. This is probably life for right now. And maybe next year it's going to be the same sanitizing, same this, same that. I don't know. Who knows how long this is going to stay around. It might be life now. Uh, and then it's sad that some people believe certain ways with these policies. Like, I don't like wearing a mask. I don't like doing this. But if there's the possibility of going back to normal, that's what you're going to do if you're, you really care about these kids and want to play sports, follow the guidelines that are set. It sucks, but guess what? It's about the kids. It's not about the adults. If these kids, if you're not putting them in a safe environment, it's going to ruin it for everybody. Uh, I, yeah, I talk about that in class all the time. Like, I mean, we started school this past Tuesday. I may, may say it every day. I hate wearing these masks. I, I absolutely hate it. It drives me insane. But if it means we can do sports – not just football, like all of our fall sports and our winter sports, then that's what we're going to do. That means we can be in the building instead of virtual. That's what we're going to do. I also make it very apparent. You're going to wear a mask in class or you go to the office and they can do whatever they need to do because if there's somebody high risk in my room and they get sick because you're not following it, I'm going to be pissed off because, I mean, we're not putting other people at risk. My wife's high risk. My aunt is extremely high risk. I'm not messing with it. I'm really not. Like, you do what you need to do. And some of you might be high risk and not even know it. Like that's, that's the other thing. Like, but that also that's why I encourage vitamin D consumption because every study I've seen says that's a help fighter. And that's also why I become such an advocate for taking care of yourself. I've lost, I initially put on about 19 pounds for COVID since then I've lost 45. I'm not, I'm not messing around with it. Like, I'm down to the lowest probably since almost my senior year of high school. Not because I want to look good. I could care less at this point. I'm already married. I have a kid. I got a job. Like, it does not matter to me. But if it helps prevent me from getting sick or help me getting – and it's not really about me getting sick. If I get it, I probably will barely notice it just statistically. That's just – but my, if I get it and then my wife gets it, she's back in the ER. That's just a fact. So I'm not messing with it. So, and then I tell our kids all the time, you never know what happens. You could have a vaccine by January 1st. But if you don't do what you need to do, that doesn't mean anything. So do what you need to do. 
if we get a vaccine, maybe the second half school year is a little bit more normal. Maybe you can actually have prom or some, somewhat normal graduation. I, I can't guarantee anything, but I can hope. Right. Um, the school district on that, they were very cautious because it was a very big hot spot. So they were all very cautious. We got two weeks in. We made the kids six yards, not six feet. We made them stand six yards to be careful because if someone drives by and we're next to each other, it's shut down. So mm -hmm. six yards, your mask could be off. But then if you were getting close together, we forced it back on. That's on you. So they were complaining about it. I'm like, if you're not doing these things, this is what's going to happen. Uh, but off the COVID negative stuff. Who knows? <laughs> um, so you said you coached defense before. Now you're back to offense. How does coaching defense help you coach offense or vice versa? Because I've coached both. And I love offense more than defense. But when I coach defense and I'm on offense, I can let them know if they line up like this, this is why, or if they're going to do this, this is why, X, Y, and Z. So how does helping coach defense help offense or vice versa? I mean, they, they both really help each other. I mean, if, I, if you've coached defense, you coach offense, now you not, now understand how people are going to play you and how to attack certain things and vice versa. Like if, if, I, if I've been on offense and I go to defense, I, I know if I line up like this, they're probably going to attack me like this. And this is how I take away this. And um, – it's that it comes down to that chess match, and, and the other thing is, I, I like from I think everybody should know both sides of the ball, or at least coach both sides. Because like I mean, you look at really successful coaches across the board; they've coached both sides of the ball. I mean, Bill Belichick used to be a tight ends coach and a special teams coordinator. Gus Malzahn started his career as a defensive coordinator. I mean, stuff like that stands out. Like you see that. Um, Going back to the offense for the first time, really in crap, uh, almost six or seven. Well, six or seven years full time. I mean, I've helped out when I was at Elgin. I was also the running backs coach, but my focus was defense. I mean, um, but now it's like, okay, what coverage are they in? How can we attack this? Um, how are they lining up? Are they adjusting to some of our sets? Like, it's stuff like this. And like, I talk to our offense coordinator all the time. He's very open to ideas. He's our offense coordinator does a fantastic job. Um, and it's like, I was like, this might be me and our quarterbacks coach, because our quarterbacks coach knew, comes from a very pass heavy offense. Like, but even run oriented eyes, both, and I coach receivers, like, this should be open based off how they're rolling their safeties here, based off how they're lining up here, if they want to stick. And like, that's the biggest thing. It's like, okay, I know he's going to do this. Also, as a former defense coordinator, I know, okay, this is their base front. There's only so many ways they can naturally adjust and go to this, like without scrapping their whole defense and doing some sort of bastard defense that week. Because we, I mean, we're primarily a wing T offense. I mean, you can narrow down what we're going to get from based off the front, unless they want to just scrap everything. And please do that. If you want to spend an entire week prepping one defense, something you don't normally do, please. Because it might work for a quarter but we will find its weakness and just start abusing you. Um, and then the kind of, I mean, the other benefit is I've coached every position, like I said, officially as outside quarterbacks, but as a freshman head coach, offense coordinator, that's, I mean, you, that's all you work with essentially. Um, so I have a very good, I can, it allows me to also talk to our offense players. Okay. This is how they might play you physically. This is the technique they're probably going to use. Okay. 
And it also helps me prep the scout team like, okay, you need to move like this. You need to adjust your movement like this. It's not just watching film, okay? If we're going to get this look, this is their most likely adjustment. This is how you can cut it off. Right. I, I talked to a coach on podcast the other day. I haven't released. We were talking about just coaching positions. Like I coach defensive line, offensive line. So when I coach offensive line, I'm like trying to tell the weaknesses of a defensive line. This is why they do this. So you got to do yeah. this. And, that, and it switches. I think that's bigger than, than the whole picture. Because yeah, I could sit there and say cover two. But if you're a wide receivers coach and the corner's doing this or this, on getting hands on, like this is why, you know, they have help over the top or whatever it is. You know, as an offensive lineman, if there's a wide pass rush, tell them why and then how to beat it. Like, I think that's better position-wise than the whole big picture. Um, see, again, I lost my train. See, guys, I'm stupid. I lost my train of thought here. Um, so what's it like for you to coach wide receivers in a wing T offense? Um when I first started coaching, we ran an option offense. Like, I think I might have told you guys, if you picture the old Maryland eye formation, if you can picture that with your H-back, right, but, you know, quarterback, fullback, H-back, tailback. Our H-back was moved more to the right or to the left. That was our formation. We ran option, power. <laughs> That's what I played it, and I coached in it. So when you guys make fun of me, I get how it works. Um, but I helped coach offensive line, and I, my friend was the wide receivers coach, tight ends coach. He made them do offensive line drills because they had to block. We weren't a passing offense. They had to block. So he took them to the six-man sled. He's like, you guys are going to learn how to block before we run routes. So is that how you approach it with a wing T offense with wide receivers? Or is it – this was back in the 2000s. So times have changed a little bit. The first time I, I, I was in a wing T offense many years ago, that's how I approached it. I, I, I did more blocking than anything. As I've learned more football, it's – I probably do more ball skills than anything in route running than anything still. It does not matter. Like I'll still block and I have my key three to four blocking drills that we will do over and over again. And the kids are hate it and whatever. But I mean, we tell them you want the ball, you want to play, you need to block. They, they're well aware of that. So that that's, and that's fine. I mean, Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting? Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I mean, like I said, me and our quarterback, I mean, we are a wing T-based offense, but we will read, run some spread concepts out of our wing T formations. It's kind of like that. I mean, we talked to Navy the other day on Coach Shepard's podcast and how they've implemented run-and-shoot concepts that are passing game. Kind of the same thing. I mean, we've implemented some air raid run and shoot stuff to our stuff, along with some other West Coast concepts, like, that we can do. Um, but, again, ball skills probably more innate thing. Like, because if I put you out there, whether 
you need to be able to, I mean, you need to be able to catch. Because if I need, say, X slant, X fade, like, that has to be now. Um, I, route running was very big earlier in the summer. A lot of it we still work on, but not, not as much as from a time standpoint. We hit a lot of that stuff early. It's more ball skills, ball awareness, and the blocking are probably the three things as season goes on. Um, I get really repetitive with EDDs, and then we mesh some other stuff in as needed. Um, but we, I mean, we have a whole run period, a perimeter run period too. So that's again where we get extra of our blocking, and and I kind of get on our guys even more. And I, I and our receivers that play DB during that time as well. I'm like, give me a look, make him look bad, okay. Make sure you're taking your initial steps like they would on defense, but then you need to attack inside or outside. He needs to be able to break down at the proper time, slide his feet. That's the biggest thing with high school receivers too is understanding how to slide their feet for blocking. Mm-hmm. Like that, that is to me so – especially this year where I have a lot of new receivers who are, haven't played it before. Like – they don't understand how to slide their feet, and that ends up a lot holding stuff and other BS that needs fixed. But, like, to me, it's a balance. Like, I mean, but in, in the end, probably ball skills are probably the thing I work on. I, I try to put a ball with every drill. Ball, 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 ball. The only time I don't have a ball in it is our blocking drills. Um, I've also gotten a lot more depth than I have in the past. Like, we talk a lot. I talked more about stemming a route than I have ever – in the prior nine years. Maybe it's because I, because COVID allowed me to understand it a lot better. Maybe it's because of how long I've been on defense. I understand tacking and leverage. Um, also, I, I started off the year who now plays wing for us instead of receiver, uh, a very experienced receiver who understood coverages and how to attack things. So it made that part easier. Yeah. Cause back in the day was the, you were talking about sliding your feet that we had the same problem. So I remember we were with the O-line, my friend brings the wide receivers down. He goes, we're doing your drills. They're going to learn how to move their freaking feet. So they did offensive line drills that day mm-hmm. and it actually gave more appreciation for the offensive linemen. Those guys, they were like, Oh my God, you guys hit every play. We put them in the shoot. We told them to get low. We hit the six man sled. Uh, so I always tell people, if your wide receivers can't block them down the O-line for a day or two and they'll learn, they'll learn real quick. But that was back in the day where you're going to pass it 10 times a game, so you really didn't worry about all that crap. Pass it 10 times. I've been on teams, Coach, where I've pat the average for the seat. Like, in high school, there was a year we averaged, I think, about five passes a game when I was in high school. Like, it, like I've been there. Oh, it's – like, now, I will say that. Like, week one this year, we threw the ball three times. Okay. Now, that's part of we also averaged 5.2 yards to carry that week. That kind of helps. I mean, why do it? Why? Yeah, I always mess up the adage. Why um, change what ain't broke? Okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it worked. Week two, we threw, nine, we, went, we threw nine yards. The funny thing is, our quarterback has, before last night, because we didn't play, after two weeks, he had the second highest, he had actually the first highest passer rating in our league. Wing teeth quarterback. Yeah. We'll still throw the ball. I mean, he's thrown, I think, total 12 on the air. He's like 9 for 12 or 10 for 12 on the air. Sweet. Yeah, we when I was in high school, we ran the ball all the time. and But then when we did pass it, it was effective. Uh, so that's why I'll always pass the ball more now because <laughs> it keeps you in the game. 
we'll get to that in a second. You said air raid earlier and it got my ears perked up. I was like, oh, air raid, we, we could talk about that. Um, uh, where was I, see? God bless it. So going back to your YouTube, we're gonna get off football a little bit. So your YouTube channel, what made you wanna do that? Uh, what made you wanna start doing a YouTube thing? Well, it's a combination of things. Um, I, I, and how do I want to start this? I'd always wanted to do stuff. And I had gotten to know Nate Allbot, Chief Pigskin. Nate's a fantastic guy. I will highly endorse him and what he does all day long. Um, I worked for Nate for about three or four months up until COVID. Um, and that originally, had, had COVID not happened, I probably wouldn't have started my YouTube channel, in all honesty. Um, I was working for him. I was filming about one or two things a month for him. I was set to go to Texas, visit family, record Coach Conduti um, and a couple other coaches down there and have a great time and visit family, enjoy the nice weather, eat some good Mexican food, and spend a couple nights on the river walk and be – I've been ecstatic. Um, then kind of COVID started and there were some changes. I couldn't travel. Um, they kind of put pause on some things. And at that point, I kind of wanted to do my own thing. And, and, and nothing on Nate. Nate does a good job. And like I said, I love Chief Pigskin. I, I, I filmed three videos for Nate. They're all on his thing. Does a great, great, fantastic job. But I, I kind of wanted to move on. I wanted to talk to people. I wanted to get to know people. I wanted to build relationships. Um, and so I kind of went and did my own thing. And I, and I also, I had gone through some life changes over those three, four, five months um, with my wife's health, my health, um, and talking to people. And I just at that point, and I kind of still feel the same way, I personally just don't feel good about charging people for coaching content. That's my personal opinion. Um, mainly because I've always been that coach that's had to pay out of pocket because I've always been with those districts that don't pay for stuff. Or if they do, they'd just be the Glazier Pass. But then if I want anything else, I have to spend $50 on DVD or this. I just – I'm not saying I'm never going to charge anybody for anything. I'm not going to sit here and say that. It's just where I'm at mentally right now. I'm not going to say I'm never going to put anything on Coach Tube. But like I said, I have over 230 videos of, of free content on YouTube. There's no fees. You don't have to subscribe. If you want to subscribe, fantastic. You'll get updates. It's great. Um, everybody that's been on there has donated their time. I haven't had to pay anybody. It's for because they want to spread knowledge. Um, and I've got, I'm very big on building relationships. Um, I used to be that coach growing, starting in this profession that always just wanted to move up, get to the next spot, get to the next coordinating position, get to that head coaching job. And as I've gotten older, I realized how much of an idiot I was. Um, and how much I truly just care more about relationships, not with only other coaches, but our players. I mean, I've built great relationships with a lot of great people in this business. Um, and, and even some of them who I've been on channel are in our league, who I play. And there's some of them I call weekly. We talk weekly. And that's what I care about. Coaches across country. Um, the O-line coach at Keystone College, Division Three College, Coach Guglielmo, has become a good friend of mine. I mean, this has allowed me to talk to – Joe Salas, Ron Mackey, I mean, Coach Caduti, those are big names. But even better, it's like I've gotten to know Coach Arnett down in Texas. I've gotten to know 
you. I've gotten to know Coach Sheffermore. I get to poke fun with Coach Bennett um, and a bunch of others. Coach Hoffman down at um, down in Florida at D2. Like, that's the stuff I love. I, mean, I still message all these people. I had a coach message me last week, like, because um, they, they know we run wing T. He's like, what are your wing T blocking rules? We, we play wing T team this week. I need some help. Okay. Yeah, he's, he's been stuff. He's retweeted a bunch of my stuff and – like, and we've talked about football all summer, and, like, I'm glad to help people. That's my purpose. Like, if I can do something to help people and learn myself, that's my focus. And I've it, – it's – the channel has blown up probably more than I thought it would. I never fathomed I'd hit 1,400 subscribers in less than six months. Like, I couldn't – I mean, part of it is I market it well. Um, because I'm a business teacher, I kind of understand those aspects. But – it wasn't like I was like putting it everywhere. I put it on Facebook and Twitter. Okay. I got really good people who put really good content. My, my first video was with our DC 20 minute video. He did, did one for me. He put it, I mean, it's got over a thousand subscriber, a thousand views. It's, I think it's, it's done a great job. I, I it, the success of this channel is not me. I'm just a facilitator. The success is all the great coaches I've had on here who've done a great job. And the other purpose and kind of reason I wanted to do this as I talk to people all the time about it is I want to give coaches who don't necessarily talk a lot an opportunity to talk. Okay. Now does that mean I won't have people who are on big names? Yeah. I had Adam Harvey on here. Adam Harvey is an awesome dude. I love Adam Harvey. He and me and him have become friends. We message back and forth here or there. Uh, Coach Salas I've had on here. I've had a bunch of other big names on here, but at the same time I've had, I have a bunch of coaches you've probably never heard of who've never spoken before, before they came on here, have spoken once. And that's the fun part for me because you see them trying to figure stuff out and how to learn stuff. And, oh, I can do that better here and here. It's a learning experience for them, but it's also a learning experience for me. And that's, that's kind of what I cherish. Yeah. Uh, I think, believe it or not, COVID sucks, but you picked a perfect time because guys were at home more. So what are they going to do? They're going to get on. I did. I watched yeah. YouTube videos. I think you picked the perfect time to, get on there and start it. And I think that's helped you do that. Um, and then I know Nate because he coached at Milford High School in Illinois. I was a senior in high school. I think was his first year as a head coach. They beat us by one point. I won't let, uh, we won't talk about that. Uh, <laughs> he, he had me on, on his show under the lights one day. It was my first podcast with Clemson when I had to hop off is because I had to go do that. And I had to remind him of that game. And he goes, you were a player? And I said, yeah. And he goes, I'm old. He, he's, he's like, I'm so old then if that's uh, – Oh, yeah. I, I chief pigskin. I was the, one of the first ones on there when it first popped up. I was like – it was like 50 bucks or something. And I was like, yep, we're going on it. And it's great. I think he's – you know, yeah, he has to charge, and I understand why. Well, I get uh, it, yeah. But he is ahead of the game. Like, he saw it coming, like, especially with COVID right now. Like, I want to ask him if he knew this was going to happen because he was way ahead of the game <laughs> – Get the oh, clinics yeah. on there. He, he does a fantastic job. Like I said, I love Nate. I might not be his favorite person right now um, for me because I, I know he didn't want me to leave and do stuff. I know he wanted me to stay, and I, and I get it. Um, but like I said, I love him, his family. His, his wife is a fantastic person. His dad, I love his dad. His dad is hilarious. I don't know if you've ever met his Pops Allball, but, I mean, he is absolutely hilarious. Um, and they're, they're just good people. They do a good thing. I get it. Um, and like I said, and, and I tell people all the time, if you want to charge people for stuff, go right ahead. I'm not stopping you. I've, I've had people on who promote their stuff 
and I'm all for it. If you want, if you want to make some money or run a business, I get it. Have fun with it. I just, that's not of interest to me. I don't want to spend time promoting. Like it's here. You want it. Great. I mean, I make a couple cents a month from YouTube because, because of ads. It's, it's fine. I haven't cashed any of it yet. Cause I don't have enough to that's, but that's not my focal point is to make money. It's again, it's, it's mine is relationship oriented and learning. Um, but again, if you want to make money, have at it, have fun, do what you do. Like I said, I endorse Chief Pipskin all day long. I still like and retweet everything, almost everything they put out. Um, they have good people on there. I know he's gotten Coach Watkins on there to do a lot of stuff with him. I, Coach Watkins did a video for me, and Coach Watkins is a great guy. I mean, I love Coach Watkins as well. Um, but like I said, I'll endorse him all day long. Anybody that ever asked, like, like, oh, should I get it? Yeah, go ahead and get it. It's, it's very reasonably priced. You get a lot of good content, and I know he's doing a great job continuing to expand that now. Um, like I said, it's not just, yeah, I, I run a YouTube channel. Yeah. I want people to come on and look at stuff on there, but I'll endorse other people's stuff all day long. If it's good stuff if, and they're good people. I mean, that's why, that's why I tell, that's why like Joe Salas came on mine and I went on his, I mean, Joe is a good dude. He really is. I mean, we have a mutual friend who is actually the OC at my alma mater, um, coach Polnott. Um, but that, that's all, if you're a good dude, I want a. I want you on my channel so I can learn from you. But b. I'll, I'll help you however I can. Yeah, and then I think some of these coaches they do it and it just turns into money. They weren't doing it for it, but it just yeah turned into it. And good for you. Like yeah. I think that's what kind of happened with Coach Mackey. Not to put words in his mouth, I think he just did it to put it out there, and then it turned into what it did. Yeah, he he's he's next level though. Like I mean, he's got like twenty thousand YouTube subscribers, and I mean. I'll give him credit. He's done a fantastic job. I, I mean, I message him occasionally. He's a good dude for my interactions with him. I don't know about other people's interactions. Um, and I love watching this stuff. Actually, I get – I love that he started Twitch streaming because mm -hmm. I'll sit there and watch him play bad, and he just starts going off a rant. It's hilarious. I love stuff like that just because I don't have to super pay attention to it, but I can just hear the stuff. It just makes me laugh. And, yeah, I mean, he him – and Coach Mack down in Florida are just next level with it, and good for them. Like, they do a great job, and I understand what they're doing and have fun at it. Yeah, uh, I played him at Mack one night. He beat me. My bear. I had to be the Bears. He gave me crap. He goes, <laughs> you're in Illinois. you got to pick the Bears. So I did. Threw an interception in the fourth quarter to win the game. I was trying to win the game through an interception. I played Mitch Trubinsky. Uh <laughs> So, Coach Mackey, if you ever listen to this ever, which you won't, but if you do, I want a rematch. I'm not going to be the Bears. Just letting you know. You set yourself up for failure there. Like, come on now. Like, that's not the Madden team you pick. Come on. Well, people were watching. I had an image. He's like, you got to yeah, be the Bears. You're in Illinois. Illinois. People say Illinois. It's Illinois. I guess it's silent. I, I get it. I, I know how to pronounce it because I, I was at the – and we've talked about this before – I was at the Juice Williams game against Ohio State. Like, it is Illinois. That's correct. But I, I say this. I mean, that's everywhere. Like, we have, a, we have two towns in our state. One's Newark. And people from that area like to call it Nurk. And it drives me insane. And then there's Lancaster, which people like to call – because the E's and they're silent. And they like to call it Lancaster. And it drives me insane. It's Lancaster, not Lancaster. Like, it drives me – like – you live in this state, know how to pronounce it, please. Yeah, there's 
when I went to Eastern Illinois, it's in Charleston, Illinois, the town next door is uh, Mattoon. And that's how I say it, Mattoon, but people say Mattoon. And so when people from Chicago, a lot of people from the suburbs go to Eastern and there's restaurants in Mattoon and stuff. So when they go, they go, oh, we're going to Mattoon. And you hear the locals just freak out. Like, that's not how you say it. It's, it's spelled M-A-T-T-O-O-N. Like, so they say Mattoon, but it's Mattoon. So it's the same thing. So, Coach Mackey, if you say Illinois, I'm going to have to correct you. It's Illinois. <laughs> um, Great. So, we on Coach Sheffer's podcast, we talk about a whole bunch of different college football teams and stuff like that. I want to know who do you root for? I know you said last night Ohio because that's who you, where you went to school. Is there teams you root for? Is it just coaches? Like if a coach is there, that's who you root for. Like me, I like Nick Saban, so I have to root for Alabama. Like that's kind of what happens. And I've turned into a big Alabama fan. You can call me a bandwagon fan all you want, but I was just watching it because of Nick Saban and then Lane Kiffin, uh, Mike Leach, wherever he goes, I watch that team. So I got my Mississippi State shirt next. Um, Illinois is the team I root for because I grew up 20 minutes from the campus. So do you root for coaches, teams? If it's teams, what teams do you root for? You know, college football starts today. I mean, as as I kind of said last night, like Ohio University's mama mater. I will root for the Bobcats all day long. I see people at Miami Red Hawk crap in our school. I give them crap immediately. Like I I do I am unrelenting on that. Um, So I am proud of where I went to college. I mean, I know people call it a party school. Um, You can kiss my you know what um, because I got a fine education from that university. I love Athens, Ohio. I think it's one of the most beautiful campuses on the planet. Um, I grew up an Ohio State fan. Um, do I, net, I, well, I root for the Buckeyes? Yes. Um, but am I like a diehard Buckeye fan that's going to follow every win? No, I don't, I don't care enough. And that's part of that was living in Texas for six years. Actually, while I was in Texas, I became a big Hawaii fan because June Jones was the head coach at the time. Colt Brennan, Ryan Grice Mullins, Devon Bess, Regan Maui. Like, God, that was a great offense to watch. Um, so I, I, I deep down still root for Hawaii a little bit. Um, but to me, it's at this point, it's it, it, do I have a buddy on staff or do I like one of their coaches? Um, like I, I will root for Tulane and Louisiana Lafayette all year this year because I had opportunities to talk to coaches on their staffs. They were really good to me, and that's good enough for me. Um, I, I will root for Eastern Michigan this year outside of um, the Ohio – if they play Ohio. Uh, because their DB coach came on my channel and was just a good dude and talked ball. Um, like, like I said, I'll root. I, if you're if you're a good guy, I'll root for you. I don't really care. Like, it's, it's outside you play my alma mater. Yeah, I mean, there are some really good people in the stretch. There's a, there's a couple coaches on that Colorado staff. They're they're analysts that are just good dudes. That I'll root for. Um, in terms of big name coaches, I love Lane Kiffin, and I know some people don't like him, but God, he's entertaining and. I, and I know people give him crap, but he's good at what he does. And I know people always want to point to USC um, time. People don't remember how many sanctions USC had when he was there and how competitive he made them. And they were down like 20 scholarships. Yep. And they were still an eight, nine win team. Mike Leach is fantastic. I love Mike Leach. I think he's a genius, not just, not just football-wise, just in general. I mean, his, I, I, I would love to know what his actual IQ is. Um, I think he is one of the greatest um, PR machines ever in terms of 
uh, press announcements. I, if there's a segment where he's getting interviewed, I will probably sit down and watch it. Um, as I taught last night, I love Nick Saban. I love Bill Belichick. Um, I think they're just absolutely geniuses in terms of culture and how to build a program. I'm a big Mario Cristobal fan. I think he is so underrated what he did at FIU, and it was a travesty that they fired him. Um, and he's just a great line coach. I mean, um, Coach Ben have talked about our love for Coach Caldwell over at Clemson, their O-line coach, who was the temporarily the head coach at Vanderbilt, who also was great uh, press annou- announcement guy. Um, and there's probably many more. I'm not even thinking that I, I, I love Lovey Smith, Illinois. I think Lovey is a great guy. I've not had a chance to meet him, but everything I've heard from people has been fantastic. Um, the Indiana football staff, because our line coach played at Indiana, has been great towards us. If we need anything or going to the game and access and all that stuff. Um, and there's, there's so many more. I mean, to me, it's, it's coaches. Um, and again, like Lane Kiffin is one of the big ones. Um, the other one I deep down root for um, is UTSA, just because I love the city of San Antonio. Like if I could retire, if I could move back to San Antonio tomorrow, I would. Like I love the city. I love the people. I love the weather. I love the, food like I mean I it was funny like when I coach Archuleta from uh, St. Pius X in New Mexico on talking special teams we spent probably 20 minutes before he even started talking off screen talking about San Antonio and the food it's just that it's that kind of thing and then we start and then because we're both history buffs we spend another 30 minutes on just random history stuff um but stuff like that I mean that's Again, UTSA is probably the other one. I gave my, my wife just back, got back because she had to go down there and help my sister with some family issues. Um, I gave her crap because she didn't bring me back UTSA shirt. She's like, well, we didn't go down to San Antonio. I was like, oh, that's why you go down to San Antonio. How, how don't you visit you're, you're 50 minutes from San Antonio and you don't go to the Riverwalk? Are you kidding me? What is wrong with you? Like that, those are the things I get agitated about. Like, and she's like, oh, we, we didn't have Mexican food while we were there. It's like, why bother? Why? Like, why? You were there for a week. Like, and I don't get animated and loud right now, but it's like, she went to Beefies, which is a good thing, and that's really good beef food and meat, and they have great burgers, and I highly encourage that. But, the like, Mexican food and people in that area are just fantastic. And I know I'm getting off topic, but that's how much I love that city, and it just gets me animated. No, I get off topic all the time. It's fine. It's yeah. I mean, just we start talking BYU again and Navy. We could start talking about that again. That uh, was hilarious. Oh God. And guys, it's all recorded. I don't know if he'll edit it out, but it's all there. <laughs> and hopefully, he puts it on there. We went from Alabama to BYU to Navy to Army to started, started Air Force chat at that point too. Oh yes, Air and and the other thing is, people always ask like who I'm allegiance to because I I wear a bunch of like I have Iowa on right now. I have a bunch of random – I probably have 20 different college shirts. It's not because I support school. It's because I was really fat and two extra fits were comfortable. Like, that's really the extent of it. Like, 
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It's nothing to do with the Legions. Now, do I really think Kurt Ferentz does a great job at Iowa? Yes, that, that helps. But that, that's why I have a bunch of random ones. I have a bunch of random ones, too. The one I don't wear as much is my Notre Dame shirt. But I'm not a Kelly fan. I'm not. Yeah, yeah he's, he's kind of like saving a little bit. You either like him or you really don't like him. Like – and I know Notre Dame fans that absolutely hate him, like, with a passion. And it's like – I'm like, I don't know enough about Notre Dame football to even have this conversation, so I'm just going to scoot away over here. Well, when I first started coaching at Charleston, the, the defense coordinator got promoted, so it was his first year as a head coach. He's a big, diehard Notre Dame fan. And so he's the guy that, like, doesn't like him but doesn't hate him. He puts up with him. But he'll defend what they do because he likes their offense. And that's kind of where I got the – I started where I just got the shirt to get the shirt. Uh, but I, it's, it's funny. People say they hate Notre Dame or they hate the Dallas Cowboys or whoever. I bet you they're on their TV at some point. When you grow yeah. up, when you're a football fan, you grow up, that Notre Dame game is going to be on your TV at some point. That Dallas Cowboy game is going to be on your TV at some point. So those are the teams you just grow up watching because of the history. And I'm like, oh, Notre Dame's not going to turn the game on. So well, we talked a little bit about that last night. I think you had to step away when I went on this tangent. Like people say they want parody and they want new teams to be good. But if you actually look at ratings, like TV ratings, that's not true. And Colin Cowherd has point, and I, and I know Colin using that, his name is can be divisive too, but he points it out all the time. And he's right. Like ratings wise, that's what it is. Like, and I, and I know, people point at that 16% drop the Texans and Chiefs game had the other night. I'm going to be very honest. The Texans don't draw ratings. They don't. That's part of the problem. Like the Chiefs do because they have explosive offense. Andy Reid's popular. Patrick Mahomes is popular. But if you look at the past three years of data, Texans on prime time do not draw ratings. So, and same thing with a bunch of these other ones. Like, you can hate Duke basketball you want. They draw ratings. Dallas Cowboys, they still draw ratings. Same concept. If people truly wanted parity, they, they, these games wouldn't be as big as they are. Right, and then, like we were talking last night, Alabama clubs, are they tired of it? But those ratings are really high. If yeah. Alabama's playing, that's what – people call me a bandwagon fan, but I'm like, I like Nick Saban. Now, I'll stir the pot now because they talk, and that's just <laughs> – and people know when I joke or stir the pot. And so I become an Alabama fan, but I guarantee you're watching them. 
I guarantee whether you want them to lose, you have that. They're on their TV at some point. Uh, I don't like Ohio State, but I have some of their games on. I admit it. I don't like Ohio State. I never have, never will. But I respect them, so it's on the TV at some some points. Well, that's because you want to see what real Big Ten football is. I'll watch Michigan. Yeah, they lose. They lose at the end of every year. We got to talk about Michigan on Coach Sheffers because – Oh, yeah, I got to be careful with that one because – oh, yeah. I mean, that, that – that, I mean, that one thing has not changed, my dislike for that school. I mean, it's just – yeah. I just like Harbaugh and, like, I don't know – how do I put this? How do you lose to Ohio State that many times in a row if you're Michigan? I know Ohio State's Ohio State, but Michigan is also Michigan. And Jim Harbaugh, like, I like him. But there's something that's not working. I don't know what it is. I think – and we'll probably get into this if we ever get to Michigan on this podcast is part of that's demographics. I mean, it really – the change of different graphics in the past 20 years for the Midwest, especially Michigan and, like, Indiana, Illinois, the, the, the transfer of those – that people south out of their states – is a, I mean, it's, it's made their recruiting jobs harder. It's also it, – I mean, Ohio State is able to do it because of the facilities and the prestige they have. But it's hard to convince people from Texas, Florida, Mississippi, and Georgia to come that far north for winter. And without beaches – and I'm, Ann Arbor's not really a party destination. Okay? Athens, Georgia is a top-five party school in the country. Alabama has lakes everywhere and there's no snow. Florida has beaches everywhere. Like Texas is well, it's Texas. It's the Mecca of football. Like, it, I mean, Illinois, we have Portillo's up here by Chicago. I mean, yes. Sell, sell, try to sell that to 17 or 18 year old. Good luck with that. Yeah. They put a Portillo's in Champaign. It's always been Chicago, but it's finally down there. Giordano's it's down there now. Illinois is going through construction right now. If you drive through there, they've got some things being built to try to compete. Like Illinois has gone through construction for 20 years. I've driven through Illinois my entire life. Well, Whitman, the, the AD, he came in. with a, he, he put his fist down, and he goes, we've got to compete. And they, they spent money, and people in Illinois were not happy, though. And that was because we were going through budget cuts in high schools. And so when they got Lovey Smith, they gave him this contract, and they said, well, that's, where's that money coming from? We're going through budget cuts. And he said, we have our own athletic budget. Like, this does not come from the state. This comes from this. So they're spending money trying to. Um, but Lovey's had a young team every year. Every year there's freshmen playing. They, they were much better. Like, it, it goes back to the conversation we've had before. It's some coaches need time on the situation. And and. You, I mean, you could argue after those first two years, the Lovey Smith thing wasn't working. I, I will give you that argument. But if you see where it's grown since then, it, I mean, he's on the right track. I'm not saying they're going to win the Big Ten. I'm not – okay. They have to do a lot better recruiting before that's probably possible. But they should be able to bowl team now every year. Mm-hmm. He's doing a good job. I mean – You're going to see them compete more. They're not going to win, but you're going yeah. to see them – I mean, Ohio State would still beat them. But I think you're going to see Illinois compete better with, like, an Ohio State or a Michigan or whatever. I, it's Lovey Smith. It's it's going to happen. He needs time. But another thing, if we ever talked about Illinois, and I've watched it, they've changed their offense every year up until the past couple of years. He tried to bring in that pro style. 
They try to bring in the option stuff. They try to go up tempo. So they've changed it all the time. But the past like two years, they've kept it the same. And I think that's helped them. Because you brought that pro style and it just wasn't working with the Big Ten. I also think he learned from watching Herm Edwards because Herm Edwards got hired by a year later. Herm didn't try to put that pro style offense in. He he hired just good coordinators and said go, like offensively and defensively. I, I and her, like I love Herm Edwards. Herm Edwards is one of my favorite people to just listen to talk. He makes me want to run through a wall. Um, but I think that I think Lovey probably because him and Lovey are longtime friends. He probably saw some of what Herm was doing and adapted to that. It's like, okay, I need to just hire good people now and let them do what they need to do. Well, he, he hired a lot of NFL guys when he first got there. And I think he did that for recruiting purposes of like, hey, we've coached NFL. We know how to get you there. But then I think he, like you said, finally realized like NFL coaches are great, but he needed some different guys that could reach these kids at a college level. And it, like it's different. And Lovey, he coached in college before he got to the NFL, so he kind of understood. But I think he – his time at Tampa Bay was awful, so I think that had something to do with it. Like, he tried to – we're going to do this, and then we'll yeah. talk to Illinois one day on there. But from watching it, from me seeing it, it's it's completely different. But he has coaching clinics there. Coaches have met him. He drives through Champagne. You meet him. He's a really nice guy. He'll talk to you. He, sh- he shaved his beard off, though. I'm pretty upset. Oh, that's – no, I was about to say, that's, that's one thing I love, that gigantic beard he grew out. That was he awesome. Shaved it. During this quarantine, he, uh, he went to his house in Arizona, and then COVID kind of hit, and so he was kind of stuck there for a while. So the news would get him on Zoom, and one day he, he was on there, and they were like the, – the interview guy sat back. He's like, where's your beard? He goes, it's hot in Arizona. I had to shave it off. <laughs> Oh, well, I mean, like I said, I loved it. I thought it was great. He's, I mean, it, it, and honestly, it's perfect for Illinois. Like, the weather, the personality, like, I mean, and, and I mean, we, we me, I mean, you've talked a little bit about it. He's done a good job. At, like, I'm going through re- looking at it right now. His staff's not bad. Like, I recognize several of the names, like, so. Yeah, when he first got there, it was a lot of NFL guys, and then he kind of – he didn't fire a lot of people, but they kind of left, and he goes, I got to hire differently. And he's got good coaches, good young coaches, good um, experience. Uh, and then he kind of took his fingerprints off a little bit. Like, he wanted – he kind of went through – let somebody else call the defense, and then he took over at one point, like halfway through the season. But I think he's got his fingerprints – or he's backed off, but just has his fingerprints on it. Because uh, that doesn't work. When you give a defensive coordinator the full reign and then say, yeah. I'm going to take it back – but Luffy was living off of the Bears days. Like, hey, I called this, you know, the Tampa 2 defense all the time. Like, you have to adapt, and he adapted. So, um, they won't win the Big Ten, but they'll compete. They'll go to bowl games. They'll – I think that's what's going to happen. Uh, I mean, off- if he can build it like Iowa, that's a success. Like, you're going to be 7-5, 7-5, 8-2, 7-5, 10-2. Like – that, and that, that, that's like every four, four to five years, Iowa is a 10-2 football team battling for a shot in the championship game. If, if Lovey can build it like that, follow that model, then, you, I mean, you're talking a very successful tenure. I mean, this year we beat Michigan State and Wisconsin. Like, those were huge steps, but then we lose to, like, you know, other teams, and that was the injuries. We bat- Illinois battles injuries every year. The one year he had, I think, 10 freshmen starting all over the place, like, that's just kind of what's going on. 
his friend, like his safety and corners were freshmen one year, I think two years ago. They were all freshmen. We were the youngest team in the Big Ten and almost the Power Five. Like, it was crazy. We get off topic here. It's fine. Got to talk <laughs> to all right, I'll try to wrap it up and take a lot of time. Um, so we talk about college teams. So is Bengals your team? I, I have suffered as a Bengals fan for 20 – going on 29 years now. Um, they have not won one playoff game in my lifetime. Um, the last time they won a playoff game was the year before I was born, 1990. Um, I have sat through all the horrible eras, the Carson Palmer, Marvin Lewis era, to the Andy Dalton, we might be competitive era. Uh, now we're in the Zach Taylor, Joey Burrow era. I'm, I, I, I say I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful every year. Like, they've – I will say this, their organization has gotten better um, in terms of how it's run. I think, I think Katie Blackburn, Mike Brown's daughter, has done a fantastic job. And um, Duke Tobin, as they've taken over more power and what they've done the past several years, it has gotten a lot better, especially drafting. Um, they spent a lot of money this offseason. Like, I'm hopeful, but I'm also realistic. I mean – I'm not a Cowboys or Bengals fan. Uh, Cowboys or Patriots fan. The the premier. I mean, it is what it is. I mean, I'm I my deep down hope is eight and eight, um, which is not necessarily a good hope because that means you get a crappy draft pick and you still don't make the playoffs. Um, but I mean, I'll know tomorrow. They played the Chargers. If they can stop Joey Bosa and Melvin Ingram from destroying Joey Burrow's career, um, then we'll be fine. I mean, I mean, I'm a Bears fan, so I understand. But I've seen some playoff wins in my lifetime, at least. I guess we have seen a Super Bowl. They went to the Super Bowl in 2006. But I have Mitch Trubisky to look forward to. Uh, but I will say this: the Bears played well against Detroit last year. Last year they had Detroit's number. So, but Matthew Stafford's back, so we're going to see what that looks like tomorrow for my Bears. But we always have a good defense. Uh, Matt Nagy apparently is on the hot seat. They were talking about him already coming out with coaches I, in the NFL out of the hot seat already. I, I don't I, – I, that one I didn't get. I mean, like, and I know him and – was it Pace is your GM, right? Mm-hmm. I don't get what – like – and I, I could be completely oblivious and not know what the hell's going on. But from outside looking in, it's like I don't understand whatever dynamic that is. Like their love-hate relationship they have, and then the Mitchell Trubisky being in the middle of it, and Mitchell Trubisky, they bring in Foles, and Mitchell Trubisky still wins the job. Like, I don't understand whatever that cluster is. Because as far as I – I mean, my understanding, your head coach is not bad by any means. I could be wrong. I mean, but I just don't get it. I mean, he's the Andy Reid tree, so he – you know, he – he coached at Kansas City. He coached there. He he. Everybody says good things about him, and I I said this. And I did a podcast just by myself the other day about the Bears. That twelve and two season, and I need to do it more in depth. There's only like thirty minutes. I could have gone on for an hour by myself, just talking to myself. That twelve and four season was the worst thing that could happen. Matt Nagy comes in. I can't remember if he's the one that drafted Mitch Trubisky, or if they did right before. I don't remember. Um, but Matt Nagy comes in. They go twelve and four because he's a good play caller. He had unique. He came out in a power T formation one game. Like, you know, he just kind of goes all over the place against the Packers, and they weren't ready for it. They go 12-4, and four, 
everyone thinks we're going to the Super Bowl, and that donk, that, that field goal kick that still haunts me, you know, to lose the Eagles 16 to 15. Then the next year, you know, last year, second year, we're all think all the fans were like, we're going to the Super Bowl. And I said, pump your brakes. Look at the quarterback. Like, it's 2006 all over again. We went to the Super Bowl, and the next year, Rex Grossman doesn't play well. And then we have Kyle Orton and not that whole situation. Uh, what did we do last year? I think we had eight and eight or nine and seven last year. And everybody was mad. Mitch Trubisky didn't play well. And then this year, do you have the whole debacle of we they talked to Teddy Bridgewater. They had him come in and they were going to sign him. But then they said, you have to compete for the starting job. So Teddy Bridgewater said, nope, I'm going to go where I'm going to start. And I, I love Teddy Bridgewater. I mean, I feel, I still feel bad that he blew out his leg the way he did. Like mm-hmm. that is horrific. And I'm glad he's, it's healed and he's able to play football again. But you got to think of how different the NFL would be right now had that not happened. Like he'd probably still be the Vikings quarterback. Mm-hmm. Like the dominoes that would have fell off that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I mean, we talked on about this a little bit before we, you, we came on, like, that this is the difference between Bill Belichick and some of the other coaches in the league. Instead of trying to force that um, square peg in the round hole, like the year they were good with Mr. Trubisky, they used his athletic ability to paramount. And again, I could be wrong. I, I'm not going to sit here and pretend I understand what NFL coaches do scheme wise to the level they do. But it seemed like they were trying to force Mitchell Trubisky to do things that he didn't normally do or wasn't, wasn't excellent at. I, again, I could be wrong. I didn't watch a crap ton of Bears film, um, but that is what it is. Well, last year, you know, he got hurt at one point. Then when he came back, he started to run a little bit. And even people announcing were like, hey, if he starts doing this, they're really good. This is what they did. Um, I understand you don't want to run them all the time because that's your franchise guy. But also going back to Ryan Pace – he took a lot of heat now because he could have got Patrick Mahomes. He could have got Deshaun Watson. So that's why all of a sudden he's – now, it's unfair to say that because you don't know what they're going to turn into. And that's his his reasoning was, I didn't know Patrick Mahomes was going to do this or that. But Mike Stravinsky started one year at North Carolina. What did you see that we didn't see? And then you had Patrick Mahomes at Texas Tech. Yeah, they didn't win, but he threw the ball over the place. They scored a lot of points. Yeah. And, I mean – like, I, I get you don't want to run your NFL quarterback as much as possible. But I'll say this. Typically, mobile quarterbacks don't have a long career span anyways. So why not use it while they have it? I mean, that's the same thing they've said about Cam Newton. Like, it's – oh, I mean, the years that he was MVP caliber, he ran a lot. And then they tried to limit him so that they don't want to get hurt. Like, you have to pick your poison at some point. Like – are you going to – if you want to quarterback, don't have him at quarterback. If you want him to be him and let him be him, let him be him. Like, that's that's what – I mean, that, they didn't stop Michael Vick from running up and down the field. Like, trust me, I've seen that man run in person. Like, it was abusive. I watched him just shred the Bengals, him and Algie Crumpler. It's the only human being he had physically to throw to. I mean, now I will give Michael Vick as much as I disagree dislike what he did to those dogs, and I'm not going to get on a tangent on that right now. Um, I will give Michael Vick credit. He adapted as his career went on, and I and you got credit Andy Reid for a lot of that. He became more of a pocket 
throwing passer, but he adapted as he got older. He had learned, I mean, he learned from him his skill set. It wasn't an overnight change like some of these teams try to do. Like, it takes time. You're not going to change somebody's skill set overnight. Right. Like, and I can talk about it. I might do one today now that I've got it in my mind. I might do a Bears 2 and go on my <laughs> other tangent. Uh, it's my podcast. I can do what I want. That's what I tell myself. It's mine. I can do what I want. Um, I don't want to know what they I – don't, I don't like talking about quarterbacks and their head coaches. They know way more than I do. They yeah. know more football. They forgot more football than what I'm going to know. But from a fan's point and a coach point, when I watch it, from when they went 12-4 and four to 9-7, and seven, he didn't run as much. They weren't doing – they were trying to do deep balls. He's not a deep ball thrower. You got to do the quick RPO stuff. You got to do the quick passing plays. Um, there were some injuries last year, but, you know, we'll, we'll see. Uh, my Bears this year, I don't know. Their schedule isn't as tough as it was last year. I looked at it. And it's not as tough. I think they'll beat the Lions because we do have a caliber good defense. The defense is really good. Um, both Cle- the Mack brothers on there and uh, Akeem Hicks, he's healthy. He's a man amongst boys. He, so we'll see. All right. I'm trying to see if I have any of your Bears players on my fantasy team with, in Coach Sheffer's league right now. I had – I have uh, – Lamar Jackson is my quarterback. I'm ready, ready to see what he does. Yeah, yeah. Kyle, I got, I picked up Murray because Jackson, Sheffer early picked Lamar Jackson. I'm just like Jesus. Now, I mean, like I said, and going back to my Bengals real quick, like their season will hinder on the offense and defensive lines. I mean, that's just the way it is. I mean, the offensive line struggled the past couple of years for injuries and a variety of other reasons. The defensive line had age, and they've gotten some good people in there now they were really thin at linebacker last year heck there were several games they ran like more of a true five two defense mm-hmm. i hadn't seen that in years i thought it was awesome personally um but i mean there was weeks they only had three healthy linebackers mm-hmm. like it's like well that's that's gonna be a little little difficult so we'll see i mean the chargers will be a good gauge tyrod taylor's a good quarterback and then melvin ingram joey bosa is probably the best one two rushing combo in the league right now so, you have to apologize, guys. I asked about the Bengals. I started talking about my Bears. You see what I did there? I kind of <laughs> snuck my way in there. Uh, no, the- I will say your, your your team has the most famous phrase and most famous skit ever existed, and there isn't a year where I don't say the Bears. And so, I will at least give you credit on that one. And. Chicago's weird. I grew up in Central Illinois. So I didn't grow up in Chicago. I've only lived up here in the past two years. Those fans are diehard fans, and they're crazy. Like, it's it's crazy. Um, but I will say this about the Bengals. I'm waiting for them to be good. I know people don't like Carson Palmer, but back in the day, like, when you had Ocho Cinco and all that, I was waiting for them to explode. Like, this is supposed to be really good. Well, and it, it never was, happened. Well, there was a factor. One, he, he, his knee got destroyed against the Steelers. At the same time, and, and, and this still hurts me, that he, on the play his knee got destroyed, that he threw a touchdown pass. He threw a touchdown pass to Chris Henry, who, God rest his soul, would probably be still playing right now and would probably be going down as one of the better receivers of all time. I, I will stand by that till the day I die. That man was electric. Um, he was, I would argue, Tyreek Hill before Tyreek Hill. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was. I agree. Uh, 
And it was a very unfortunate, tragic event that happened where he died um, and set it back a little bit. I mean, there was a myriad of other issues after that too, but at that point you had Chad Johnson, TJ Husmanzada, and Chris Henry all on the field. TJ Husmanzada, one of the best possession receivers and route runners Bengals have ever seen. Chad Johnson, who was just electric, but you had to tell him what to do every play. And again, Chris Henry was a genetic freak that it's, yeah, I mean, and great personality from everything I've heard and seen. It, it just sucked. And then on top of that, the other year where I've had hope was the year Andy Dalton broke his thumb trying to go for a fumble. And it kind of collapsed from there. Um, again, I cried visibly when Jeremy Hill fumbled that football in the playoffs. And then there was back-to-back penalties because we were up about to win that football game. Um, and I know people want to blame Vontae Bursett and blame Jeremy Hill and blame Pac-Man Jones. It is a myriad of events that have happened, and it sucks. Um, but, again, I, I agree. I've waited my whole life for it. I think the best time had Carson Palmer not blown as the end of that play, that would have been their year. Because if you remember, Steelers ended up winning the Super Bowl after that. Steelers weren't going to win that game if Carson Palmer finished that game. It just wasn't going to happen. I mean, and okay. it's a, that would have, could have, should have. And then he stayed good. He went to the Cardinals, and he was still good. So if he would have, if you guys would have won, and he stayed, he he might have continued to be good. But part of that, also, I will say this: Bruce Arians is the one of the most underrated football coaches to ever exist. I will say that one. He's got one of the greatest personalities I've ever seen. I love. That's the only reason I watched their their Amazon series. Mm-hmm. He made like he was fantastic, but he took Kurt Warner his last two or three years, made him good. He took Carson Palmer, made him good. Like oh, not, he, Carson Palmer was already good, but made him strive his end of his career, and. It's a shame that it took him so long to be an NFL head coach. And mm-hmm. I, I think whether Tom Brady would have been there or not, he, they were going to be successful this year. I can't wait to see what he does with Tom Brady. Yeah, I, I was going to say that last night. I never got a chance to about Nick Saban. Like, they work, you know, 5 a.m. to midnight. You watch, if you guys can watch that show, um, All or Nothing, on Amazon, I've watched all of them. Bruce Arians, he'll tell you, if he finds out a coach misses a kid's recital, a football game, that they, they could be an after travel, it's different. He goes, they're fired. Like, he makes it a family-type atmosphere. Like, it's professional, but he – I loved him. His his personality watching, I've seen the inside of it. I was like, I love this guy. That's a and, guy and to coach for. He is loyal to a fault, too. Like, you see that. If, he, if you're a good dude and you bust your butt for him – like, he is loyal to his people. He talks about time. I mean, assistants he's rehired, like Todd Bowles, no longer being head coach. He talks about all the time how Todd Bowles and Byron Leftwood should be head coaches in the league. Mm-hmm. Okay? And he, and he promotes African-Americans like no other. I mean, he, he, I mean, he talks about it all the time, about equality and promoting and helping develop people in their life. So, I mean, again, he's just underrated, and I love Bruce Arians. So I I, uh, I had Coach Mills on. I haven't released that episode. I had him on. And I, we get off topic, too. If this happens to me. That's fine. Um, I wish we did an NFL podcast, too, like Coach Sheffersby College, and then someone else do an NFL one. 
I like college more, but we could talk yeah. NFL. And I told him, I said, I thought about doing that. Like, Sheffer could be college. I'll start one that's NFL or whoever. It doesn't matter. But you know how much time that's going to take. That's my only fear is yeah. it's – that that's why I I do more clinics than podcasts, because mm-hmm. that's for me it's a rabbit hole. I clinic thing was already a rabbit hole for me. Like, I, I I did my teaching in the morning during COVID, and then I spent pretty much once the teaching day was over, doing clinics and editing the rest of the day. Like, podcasting is a whole nother animal, and I commend you and Sheffer because whoa, like. It is a beast, and, like, it's constant. Oh, who's the next guest? What's my release schedule? Okay. When can I fit them into my current schedule? Can I film a couple of these a day so I can build them up? It's just holy crap. Well, I started back in February, and it was just going to be me at first, and it was going to talk about NFL, college, you know, whatever. Then COVID happened. There was no sports to be talked about, so I didn't do it. I didn't check it for two months maybe. And then I finally got the courage to like start asking people. And then Sheffer one day post, you know, he wanted to start one. So I sent him a thing saying, do anchor. It's free, you know, whatever. So his kind of took off. And then I'm like, well, I have the courage now. I'm just going to ask people. Um, But I waited too long. So now school starts. So it's hard to get people. And then people out there, I'm too nervous. Like there's people I want to message and like, can you come on and talk? Like, uh, Kurt, Coach Kurt Hines in California. Like, I want to send him a message. I don't know if he ever would come on. He's big time. I, I've, I, me and him went back and forth a little bit. I wasn't able to schedule him, but he's every interaction I've had with Kurt has been great, messaging wise, and he'll comment on stuff and retweet stuff, and I'll retweet stuff. Like, everybody I talk to that knows him even more than I do said, I, I think he would do it for you. I seriously do. He's a great dude. Um, and that, that that's there's there's a good portion of us who are on who suddenly become like and I don't again I don't do this for fame I had one person comment on one of my videos saying oh I've never seen his face before he's never did any of the videos he posts like that's because that's I don't care about that that doesn't that, that stuff doesn't bother me it's about other people um but there's a good portion of it. if you're a good dude we'll help you out like and I think Hines is truly one of those guys um like i said that's why when you messaged me about it like yeah as long as i can fit schedule and i got a bunch of doctor's appointments as long as it's good i don't care like i'll come on talk i'm glad to help good people out that's the same thing with sheffer i've known sheffer for a couple years me and him when he did his original little youtube series uh, i'd message him back and forth and like i said sheffy's a good dude too and like that's kind of my focus is just and there's a bunch of us that will do that like if you're a good dude like, I mean, like, I know Sheffer had, what, Rigaldo on the other day? Mm-hmm. He was talking about that last night. I mean, Rigaldo, all the interactions I've had with him, same thing. I mean, fantastic dude. I just I, – I personally not pushed to get him on. Like, I've just messaged him back and forth, so. Yeah, I think me and Sheffer are stealing off each other. He had Mills. I had Mills. Uh, I might message people. He's messaged it so, like uh, – uh, Yeah. Like well, Coach Schiff, Schiffman, I've known Schiffman for a little bit. I've, not, I've met him a couple of times, but we've messaged. He's from Springfield, Illinois, you know, so I know I haven't messaged him to do it yet. But uh, I wanted to do both. I want to do what you're doing, like get people to present things, but I also wanted to do this. And so let's just ask that. What's advice? Like, I don't know how to get people on a YouTube thing to present. I can get them to talk, like ask questions, but to get them to present something is a whole other thing I don't know. 
I'm a little different than some people. And like, and this is where me and Nate kind of differ and nothing wrong with what Nate does. Like I said, I love Nate, but I don't, you can come on my channel and talk about anything. Like, and I tell him that like some, someone will ask like what topic I'm like, whatever you want, coach. I don't restrict my stuff. And I also don't pretend for a lot of you to know what, what you do good. I don't, I don't, I, don't, I do not have that. I don't know what the ter- moxie would be probably the term I'd use. The thing I know what you do good. I know, but if you want to come on and talk ball and help people learn, come on. Like I just, I, I just, the college coaches are a little bit more difficult because they're apprehensive depending on if their head coach will let them or the program, blah, blah, blah. I usually send them like a long pre-made spiel, edit a couple things. It, it helps now that I have a decent size subscription base and a decent size video account because they're a little bit more willing. Um, but like high school guys, I mean, a lot of them, especially the ones that don't present a lot, like, oh, yeah, I'd love to jump on. Okay. And they're in. I've also learned there's some areas where people love to get views and it helps you find more people like eight man football does not have a lot of resources. So if you can get some of that stuff, people love that three, three stuff, wing T double wing, like air raid, like there's specific genres that hit. Um, but in the end, the easiest thing is the best suggestion I have. If you're going to have people get clinics, get, your first five, 10 people be buddies of yours, people you know well, okay? And they're probably all going to be local. Um, but that, like, literally, you look at my first 10, it's all people I knew, like, that I messaged. Outside of Coach Guglielmo up at Keystone, they were all people I knew. Guglielmo took a chance on me. He didn't have to. And I appreciate him every day for it. Like, he gave me five videos. Like, I love Coach. Like, he's, he's hilarious. I mean, me and him will text back and forth. It's great. But, like, my first one was our DC. Then I got a couple of coaches over at CJ that I know real well. Uh, I got Coach Jessowich over at Dublin Jerome. And the reason I got him, I taught his kid in class, in, in, in uh, like, second or third grade technology class back when I did K through four. Like, it's stuff like, like it's relationships. And it gets, like, that gets what I go back to. Like, find people you have relationships with. Get them on. And, I, and I, the other thing I tell them is you can talk as short as long as you want. Because I'll probably bug you after we're done recording this about a presentation or at least doing something on my channel. Um, like, I have videos as short as seven minutes. I have videos as long as an hour and a half. Do you? I, the, the only thing I tell people, please just try not to curse because then I have to put a bunch of YouTube filters on it. And it sucks. And it makes it harder to find and it's pain, pain in the butt. Um, but outside of that, like, I don't care. Like, I don't care if the video makes 20 cents on YouTube for me. I could give two rats less. It doesn't, has no factor. Can I learn something? Can I build a relationship? And can I help other people learn? That's, that's my focus. And certain people have certain areas like coach Mackey. He's the air raid with that dabbles a little bit in the run and shoot guy. That's who he is. That's his genre. Uh, coach could is the wide zone duo inside zone guy and run some and run shoot pass game. Um, Coach Klee, who's starting to build his channel, is, is, is a defensive guy. I love Coach Klee. Coach Klee's a good dude. Um, and I, I know Coach Mack has his spread offense and his uh, split field coverage defense stuff. That's who he is. 
I'm a kind of catch all. I have everything. I mean, it, I mean, I have probably like 40 to 50 playlists of football plus another 30 of where, cause I put it where people are from. So, I mean, that is what that is. Find something. Just do what you want to do. That's my suggestion, everybody. Have fun with it. I think my thing is podcast is hard to do, but I think it's easier to ask, like, hey, you want to come on? I'm just going to ask you simple questions. I'm like, sure. So it's so much easier. I don't know how to message a coach and say, hey, do you want to come on the YouTube channel and talk about whatever? Like, is that how you ask it? Is that how it goes about it? Yeah, it's usually like, coach, my name is so-and-so. I run a YouTube channel, and I usually put in what the YouTube channel is about and how many subscribers they have because and videos because it, it gives them a number. Okay, this is how many people might watch it. This is how many others – this is proven stuff he's done. I put the link in there with it so they can look at it. And then I said – usually say, like, coach, I, I would you mind coming on doing a clinic or an interview? Most will say clinic. Those that don't have time will say an interview, and I'm fine with that. I'll start picking their brains on all kinds of stuff at that point. And I've gotten better at the interview thing. I'm still do not pretend to be good at it. Um, and like I said, kind of go with what you want. It's like, and then some, and then some coaches will give me like options. Like I could do here, here, here. I'm like, yeah, I like that. Like Adam Harvey at the point he finally did one for me had done like 40 of the dang things and he was about done anyways. And I'm like, but he promised to do one and I appreciate that. And I was like, you know, I hadn't heard you talk cover three yet. Talk some cover three with me. There's, very, there's only like four people that have been like, I want to hear this from you. Everybody else is like, do you do you? I mean, and usually it's back and forth a little bit. And um, usually the time's the biggest thing to set up. Um, but if you're going to do it, like time's net, like the D2, D3 guys, a lot of them ain't doing anything in terms of they, they're getting like their modified spring, fall, and they're recruiting. That's about it. And like I said, it's, you will send out a lot more than get responses. You will, a lot of them will just be ignored. Um, some you'll see on tw- – because I usually – I do a combination of emails and Twitter. Um, a lot of times you'll see that blue check on Twitter and they just don't respond and it's is what it is. Um, other times you'll get a no thank you or emails you won't get a response at all. Um, but other times they'll get back to you. And a lot, there's a lot of good people in our profession who will do stuff and like – Again, I can't speak highly enough of some of these people. I, I mean, I, I got Wyoming's O-line coach and Buffalo's O-line coach to come on and talk ball with me. I mean, that, it was, it was, it's fantastic. And um, I will, also, initially, I was like, I said, this is for coaches in Ohio or coaches in the Midwest. It's originally how I marketed it. But it's become a national thing. I have coaches from all across the country. So, um yeah, I mean, I there, I don't think there's a right answer, but again, it the one of the things I took from my mother is the worst thing somebody can tell you is no, if you ask. Worst thing to tell you no. Best case, best case is say yes. You get no or yes. It is what it is. As long as you don't stress over it, you're fine. And I keep telling myself, I, I have to take my shots. I've taken my shots on a couple. Um, the worst thing they can say is no, that doesn't mean they hate you. Like they may still comment on some on Twitter, they still whatever, you know, they're just not comfortable with it. So I gotta take my shot with a couple people I have in mind. I made a list. All right, I got two more things. I've taken all your time. I got two more things. It is Ohio. I've been to Ohio three times, I think. The last time I've been there was a couple years okay. ago. 
for a clinic. There was a hotel down the street from the Cincinnati Bengals facility. There's a okay, glacier. so the glacier. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yep. That was a few years ago. Uh, it was fun. We went around the corner, found a hole in the wall, you know, bar and grill. They had wings off the grill. I cannot remember what it's called, uh, but it was one of the best wings I've ever had in Cincinnati. Um, it was right off the grill. They're steaming. It's, it's amazing. Is Ohio as bad as Coach Bennett says it is? No, no, but I, I, I think Ohio gets a perception in part because of Ohio State fans and just because of people in this area in general because of how loud people in this state can be in terms of just their opinion. Um, I, I would argue it's, it's a top five to seven state in terms of high school football. Um, I'm not going to pretend we're Texas or Florida. Um, I mean, but you, I mean, you listed Texas, Florida, uh, California, Ohio, uh, Pennsylvania, Georgia, Mississippi, Louisiana. In terms of quality of athletes, there's a there's that Catholic corridor in New Jersey where it is ridiculous football. I mean, those are the states you usually name. Um, Maryland's also usually tied in there. Um, the weather, I'm not going to say, is always pleasant. Um, as somebody who's lived in Texas, I mean, I have an appreciation for a warmer climate. Um, but there is a lot of good football here, a lot of good coaches. Um, our state clinic that's held in Columbus every year rivals probably Texas in terms of their clinics. Um, and we get a lot of Big Ten and occasionally SEC coaches come to that and talk. Um, just it, it is it what it was probably 20 years ago now, but again, that's the demographic shift. I mean, there's that's but that's stuff you can't control. I mean, people want to move for job opportunities, better weather. I get it, like cheaper housing, cost of living. I mean, but I mean, is there bad football in this state? Yeah, there's also really good football state. That's like most states. Um, and that's, that's another great thing about the YouTube channel I did. I got to talk to people from Wyoming, Connecticut, Delaware, and learn about football there. And I think every state's got good and bad football. I just, some states have a higher end and some states have a lower end. And that is what it is. Yeah. So people, the reason why I asked that is because if you listen, see the chat or listen off air on Coach Sheffers, Coach Bennett, Bashes Ohio, so I was like, "Is it as bad as he says it is?" So that's, that's just because a lot of Ohio State fans don't know how to be quiet and they agitate everybody, kind of like Duke basketball fans. Yeah, so I had to ask. So, guys, I was just one of my funny questions, I guess. Uh, so, last thing, I've asked Coach Sheffer this, I've asked Coach Bennett this, I've asked another guy I talked to this. Sell me on the wing tee. Why the wing tee or the veer? You need to convince me to go tell my head coach to install that, which I won't, but you can try. Because you can run it with a bad offensive line. And that's, that's, that's literally the reason. Like, I don't have to worry about zone reaching. I don't – I mean, I have, I've seen teams that should not be competitive be, be competitive be competitive because they know their rules and they take advantage of angles. That, that is the whole reason behind it. I mean, and you can put your 
running backs in a good situation. And you don't need a quarterback. I'm going to be very honest. You do not need a quarterback. It helps. I'm not going to say it doesn't. If, I, if you have a stud, you can do a lot more. Or if he's extremely mobile, you can do so much more. Like our current quarterback is an athlete. He can run. I mean, he, he had two long runs against our week two opponent on quarterback traps from under center. It was beautiful. Um, but, I mean, I've seen quarterbacks in this offense, not only at schools I've been at, other schools, be able to throw flat routes and slant routes all game and win football games or keep it close and have long time of possession and go. I mean, wing T also are, is a lot easier for that offense to be multi-formational in terms of unbalanced and attack people. And there's a lot of defensive coordinators who don't know how to adjust. And it offsets a lot of things. The thing with the wing teams, you got to find out what you want to major in. Are you a buck sweep trap team? Are you a rocket belly team? Are you a jet sweep trap team? Are you – what is your focus? I, I mean, that's, that's the thing. Like, we don't run bucks, a lot of buck sweep. It's not our forte. I mean, that's just not what our head coach and OC want to do. And that's, it pisses our quarterback coach all the time, which is hilarious, because he loves buck sweep, even being a spread guy. But it's like, what is your forte and how do you get good at it? I, I have – doing this for 10 years, being a former offensive lineman, being a former offensive line coach, teaching zone blocking, the true zone blocking is hard. You have – that has to be 99% of what you're installing, in my opinion, based on – unless you are a big school. Because there's a lot of rules that go with it. There's a lot of adjustments, of what ifs. Comboing in high school is not easy in college, especially if you don't have the athletes on the offensive line. I just I, – I believe that. Now, I'm not saying you can't run zone at the high school level. You can run a simplified version. You can do – if you have the kids, run it. Have at it. I mean – they were running zone the year before I got to Fairborn, and they had the linemen to do it. They had three of them went to JUCO, play JUCO line. Like, that helps. I'm not saying it doesn't. But if you're at a small school program or a school that's historically bad, it's an easy offense to implement. It's got set rules, and it is easy to teach. Is it flashing? No. Is it going to get more kids out? Probably not. Okay. You know what gets more kids out? Winning. That's just a fact. You know what else gets kids out? Building relationships. That offsets your offense or defense. I'm sorry. I, we, got, we went three and seven last year with a wing T offense. We lost three games close. We should have been six and four. Our numbers are up by almost 20. You know why? Because we built relationships with kids. We sold them on what we do. I, I, I have 10 freshman JV receivers. They, don't, they rarely get thrown the ball. They block a lot. But they love coming to football because of relationships and the culture we have. That's, that's what matters. So that, that's, that's where I, I hate that misnomer. Oh, kids aren't going to play. If they're not playing, you suck at building relationships. I'm sorry. Or you're an a-hole. Like, I don't care. But going back to it, I think the simplicity of the rules – is why, and I can run it with crappy O-linemen. If you have good O-linemen in the scheme, it really helps. Xenia, who we played last year, had two Division I offensive linemen. One went to Furman, one went to University of Cincinnati. 
they could have ran any offense. They still ran beer, and they just walled everything off. Well, I like that answer. I'm still running the spread, so you tried. No, uh, <laughs> no, uh, I agree. Like, it doesn't really matter what offense you run. If you are bought into that offense, it's going to work. You get those kids to buy it, it's going to work. You build relationships, you win. Winning doesn't matter what you do. If you win, those kids are going to come play, no matter what you do. I think we've all seen it. If you're a losing team, kids don't come out. If it's a bad culture, they're not going to come out. If you win, it's a good culture. They come out and play. You get them to run through the wall for you. It doesn't matter. Uh, so, Coach, that's all I had. I took a lot of your time. So, that's all I had. Oh, you're good, Coach. I appreciate you coming on. Um, guys, go check out his YouTube channel. It's good stuff. Go check out Coach Sheffer's Armchair Coaching Podcast. We have been regulars on it. Coaches Bell more than I have, but we're regulars. Thank God you can't see the chat, but that's going to be a book one day. Oh, that'd be great. It's going to be a book. You'll see the abuse I took during the Navy and Army talks, um, but it's fine. Coach Bennett, if you ever listen to this, we miss you on Alabama. Don't miss anymore. No excuses. I don't care if your season's going on or not. So, guys, stay safe, and I'll see you next time. <laughs>